You're listening to the LA Hoops Pod with Roman Vatesman and Jeff the Chiz Show Chizover. Normally in LA, we would only need a Lakers podcast, but the Clippers don't suck anymore, and that's why we're here. Talking Lakers and Clippers, a part of the Hoop Heads Pod Network. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of LA Hoops. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knock a Few Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Cavalier Central, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com Podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. All right, welcome back. LA Hoops Pod, Episode 7. It's been a while. It's been a while. I was in Big Sky. I'm Roman. You're Chiz. Chiz, what are we rushing for today? Where do you have to be? <laughs> First of all, you've had wife dinners too. You've been rushing. So interestingly enough, we <laughs> I was actually supposed to rush back from work. I had work this morning. Right now we're like 11.30 a.m. on a Saturday. And because we had to get Trudell, who's our guest, at noon, I had to rush back from work. But because I was so rushed, I actually just stayed at work. So I'm still at Tennis Channel, I grabbed a VO booth, and I am ready to go. So it, it wasn't, now I guess we don't have to rush, because because I was so rushed, I stayed at work, and now we don't have to rush. So what do you think? <laughs> what do you think of that? You gotta be confused with whether we're rushing or we're not. We are rushing to get to Mike Trudell, our guest today, Lakers reporter. Uh, I don't know if he has more followers, I have to look it up, than Allie Clifton. Potentially the most followers of anyone we've ever had on the show. So I'm excited for that. Laker reporter Mike Trudell, our friend, knows so much about the Lakers. Uh, so I'm excited to have him on. Yeah, are you excited to have your dog uh, barking the whole time as well or what? Absolutely. All right, Chiz. So we'll start with the Would You Rather because the feedback I'm getting is people love the Would You Rathers way more than our Lakers talk. Yeah, seriously. Okay. So shout out, to Cor- shout out to Courtney and Joel. We were kind of discussing something similar to this, but this is one, this one is directly for you. Okay. Would you rather never play tennis again? And you're a big tennis star. You grew up playing. You played Division One at Cal, doubles, and but you also <laughs> love golf. So would you rather never play tennis again, or never play golf again for the rest of your life? Ah, uh, I gotta give up one completely. Completely. I- so, you, yeah, you just stated the part that tennis is kind of like, I guess, my sport. Even though, by the way, I value the team sports way more, like basketball and football. But those are just activities you can't play whenever, right? You need several people. You need an open gym. You need an open field. So tennis and golf are those individual sports you can arrange much more easily and play more consistently. My, my initial thought, Roman, is that, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say I would – no, okay. My initial thought is that I would I, I would first think, oh, I would give up golf because of the cardio factor, meaning I would value tennis more as a life hobby slash activity because I can get more of a sweat playing tennis. Uh, you know, it's a better source of exercise. Golf, you, you sweat, but it's not really a legit workout. 
But the truth is, I mean, it depends how far you're walking. Are you riding the cart, Chip? I'm always I'm always riding the cart. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't walk. Yeah. So Unless lame. I get lucky at some club and get a caddy of some sort or whatever. Oh, then you walk without the clubs. I mean, if you exactly, want exactly. If you want a little sweat, just carry your own clubs. No, dude, that messes up your game. Okay, so, I, I, but the truth is, I am going to get rid of tennis because I actually enjoy golf more. I get way more excited about a round of golf versus a tennis hit. Uh, I've also really upped my golf game during COVID. I've been playing so much. I, I've literally, I've probably played over 50 rounds since the whole lockdown. So, you know, another key is this, and I think you might agree, Roman just started picking up golf. Golf just feels like a mini vacation when you play. In the same way that a pina colada tastes like a vacation, golf pina just colada. Yeah, if you, yeah, exactly. If you're tasting one of those like blendy drinks, it feels like a vacation. Did when you, you get play that from golf, like a commercial. No, a just pina it, colada it, tastes like a vacation. It, you know, it, yes. It looks so like a it, Virgin Islands commercial or something. In, in that same way, golf feels like vacation, right? You have the time. You've cleared the calendar for like five hours. You, you step foot on, it's like a pretty landscape where you compete. You enjoy the fresh air. You have some beers with your buddies. You maybe win some money. So, it, and also this, if I'm saying goodbye to my love of tennis, I'm thinking that I can still get my racket sport fix on by playing other sports like squash or pickleball. Uh, I hate racket. I hate racquetball because it's like inside claustrophobic and hectic. So it's a tough. Uh, it's a tough decision, and I love. I love the question, but I'm keeping golf, and I'm sadly saying goodbye to tennis. I've played enough tennis in my entire life anyway. I'll get cardio elsewhere, and I'll probably uh, play more pickleball if I have to get rid of golf. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm. I'm probably with you on this. Uh, I have picked up golf this year. I've really enjoyed it. I've played tennis majority of my life as well. I think. The interesting thing about tennis is you really need to have a partner that's at least at least as good as you or maybe a little bit better or a little bit worse. It's not fun to play with someone who's not good or someone who's like way better than you. Whereas golf, it doesn't really matter who you're playing with. You just have more people to choose from when you right. play. And, and then the other part of it is you might, as you get older, have to, you know, Tennis has more injuries, right? It's still more of an athletic sport, which I love. But aside from Jerry's jacket, your dad, who uh, plays plays uh, like seventy five, and I'm so so impressed with that. By the way, seventy seven. Seventy seven. I mean, that's incredible. I think for most people, it's kind of hard to play tennis as you get older, and you can continue to, to play golf. So, I, by the way, I'm I, I saw the video of him playing with you, and I, I gotta give a big shout out to to Jerry. It's incredible what he's doing at that age. Yeah, I mean, I, you're, I guess, both sports you can play later, but I guess tennis is tougher on the body. But I, you're right. There's less uh, – it's easier. You can play golf by yourself. You can play with whatever. You can go as a single. So, um, And I, I, I'm glad – Roman used to hate on golf so much like six or seven years ago because of the same things. You didn't sweat. It's so stupid. It takes forever. But it sounds like now you're feeling the idea of like when you play golf and you're enjoying that sport – you it, yeah. you know what I'm saying. It feels like you're getting out there and you got like a free day. It feels Bro, nice. my, my my knees hurt. I got a broken ankle. Like I'm I'm seeing the end of the line here, and I'm gonna start playing more golf and less of the other sports. Yeah, seriously. All right, let's get to some, let's get to some Lakers talk. We have talked recently on on the shows, and I think this is a topic we disagree on. And it's what are the Lakers like without AD? And I've said all along that the Lakers without AD are an average at best team. 
and you disagreed. You think they're elite. They're definitely a playoff team. I think you said four seed. I said they're more like a seven, eight seed, maybe even potentially missing the playoffs. Well, we've seen them now without AD here recently. Yes. Including including uh, Friday's game against the Blazers. Yes. My thought: they lost four straight before beating the Blazers. Five of their five of six. My thought continues to be that without AD, just forget about it. I mean, we're not even. You can cancel the season without AD. <laughs> well, yeah. So he got injured the night after we had this conversation. But what is even the point of this? So. You're right. I said three or four seed. You said eight or nine. By the way, it's, it should be noted that they went four and one in his first five missed games. They did lose four in a row. But yes. So, so yeah, what are but we hold getting on, at? Hold on, Chiz, Chiz, here's the thing. The, the teams that they beat there, I think they beat Minnesota twice. They beat OKC twice. And they beat the Bulls. Okay. And then okay. now they beat the Blazers, who are, de- who are pretty good, but they were missing McCollum, Nurkic, and Zach Collins. So, it's okay. like, yes, they won games without AD, but... You can't be serious when, okay. when they play a real good team without. AD. Okay, but okay. So what are what is the question here? What are we getting at? So this is my my question. We're getting to at you that is I this was right? No, well nothing's happened yet. Okay, here's the thing. Well, like any team that loses their second best player is not gonna win the title. So I agree. Let me clarify. Even though I think they'd still be a three or four seed, I agree. They cannot and will not win the NBA title if AD isn't healthy on the floor. Now I will say this: if AD's a little banged up and misses games here or there, I still think they can beat any team in a series other than the Clippers and the Jazz in the West. I'm not gonna get to the East yet. So they're not so what's beating the... Denver without AD. Okay, I disagree. I mean, but what's the point? Like, what is it? I, well, is, I, is, you I just want to make point, your... No, I think the point is that we've now seen the Lakers recently play without AD. And I just want to underscore his importance and just say that you're wrong. Okay, so uh, just one quick thing to add. Uh, I agree. You cancel the season because they're going for championships if he's not playing, although it sounds really stupid. But... Those in that four-game losing streak, I think it's important to note that their third best player was also not there. Schroeder didn't play in any of those games, and he is their third best player. If AD yeah. is out and Schroeder's there, Schroeder, if let's say it's Schroeder and Harrell's your second and third best player, that's pretty damn good if you compare that to the Blazers, the Suns, the Nuggets, like I'll just I'll still take a LeBron-led team with Schroeder, Harrell, the championship like defense. I will still take them over all the teams in the West, other than the Clippers and Jazz. I guess you're disagreeing, but it doesn't matter because we are agreeing. They're not going to win a title without him. But that isn't. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out because that's true with every other team. You lose your second best player, you're probably not going to win at all, except for the Nets actually, because they lose their second best player, they still have what uh, <laughs> Kyrie and Harden. So or Kyrie and the, Durant or Harden. Yeah, they're maybe they're maybe they're maybe the only team that could that could overcome that type of loss. Yeah, I think they're the exception. You know what I do want to say, Chiz? What? I I was wrong a little bit on Dennis Schroeder. Because yesterday especially, his energy level on both ends of the floor, like sometimes he's not gonna shoot well. He did shoot pretty well yesterday, six of fourteen, he had twenty points. His energy level guarding Lillard and making things difficult for Lillard, despite Lillard having a good first half. I think so, he really helps the team's energy defensively, and he used to be a poor defender, and now I think is an above-average defender, and I'm really impressed with his game. I think he's better than I thought. When he first came out of Germany, I remember watching like YouTube highlights and, and, and like saw some of his uh, action, and I was like, man, this kid is going to be a really good player. And then I think 
early in his career, I kind of soured on him, and partly I think it was defensively, and partly I think he just was shooting the ball too much and not playing like a full-on team game. Yeah. But since watching him this season, I'm I've been really impressed with him. Totally agree. He, there's so many good guards in the NBA, so it's easy to put him like lower on the list. But he is. I'm fine with calling him elite, and he is borderline all-star, especially if you put him on a team where he's not with LeBron and AD. Like, he's really I mean, good. listen, come on. First of all, he's not borderline all-star. Devin Booker didn't make the all-star team until he came in and was replacement Okay, for but AD. Booker... Okay, like, Shooter that, is not on that if, level. If you don't make the all-star game, you're borderline all-star. I'm just saying he's right on, on the cusp. Like, how many, dude, De- how, De- okay, how many Roman, Roman, Roman D'Angelo Russell made the, made the all-star team. I can point to many guards that made the all-star the team East. that Schroeder is just as good. He what? made it in the East. Okay, I don't... A, okay, he was in the East on the Hawks early. I'm just saying, generally speaking, he's a borderline all-star. Don't fight me on that. It's true. How many people are borderline all-stars? <laughs> I don't know. Next topic. Fifty? <laughs> I mean, yeah. What? If he's a he's a if there's 50, <laughs> if there's fifty borderline all-stars, then he's borderline. Okay, fine. I, I think you. a borderline all-star is like someone who's like you know five players away from being an all-star. That's borderline. By, just by the way, the Demar Derozan is a borderline all-star this year. Okay. By the way, Lakers without AD yesterday playing the Blazers. The Blazers are a second t- tier team in the West that you probably think is somewhere between four and eight. They just beat him pretty handily, and Shooter was on the floor. No, no, no McCollum, no Nurkic, and no Zach Collins. I mean, come on, like that's okay. Not... You're right. You're right. That's stupid. Okay. Next topic. All right. Can the Lakers get a one seed? This season over the Jazz, or, or the Clippers, right? Or the Clippers, yeah. Just, just can they get the one seed? Yeah. So the Clippers, Lakers, and Suns right now all have eleven losses. The Jazz have seven. So you're four back. Thirty-eight games remaining for the Lakers. Uh, the easy answer for me is just no. I, I mean, sure they can. They're not going to get the one seed, right? The Lakers are probably without AD for at least another six to ten games. Who knows? It could be more. So. The Jazz have 39 games left. Let's just say the Jazz go 29 and 10 in their last 39. That's a pretty good percentage. They might do worse. Let's say they do that because I think that's pretty doable, especially because as the winning percentages stand now, they have the easiest remaining schedule out of any team in the league I saw. So let's say they go 29 and 10. That means the Lakers would have to go 32 and 6 just to tie them, and they're going to be without AD for longer, and not to mention they need to stay above the Clippers. So no, they won't get it. Uh... They won't. I mean, they can. They won't. I'm very confident saying they won't. And then the next part of this question is, I don't think they care, but I want to know if you think they can get the one seed first. Yeah, I mean, when you do the math, and the Jazz are on pace right now, if they continue to play the way they are in the second half of the season, really mm-hmm. to have 15 losses. In that in that case, the Lakers could only lose four more games the rest of the season just to tie. No chance. It seems so unlikely. But then again, you never know. The Jazz have been fairly healthy this whole season they lose a piece or two they might end up with more losses so i'm not i don't think it's inconceivable that yeah. the lakers end up uh with the one seed but then again they also have to beat the clippers i don't think the suns i, I mean i like the suns i like the way they're playing i don't think the suns are a threat for that one or two seed mm. um but yeah I, I it mathematically speaking it's looking unlikely but I think you have to just consider injuries. So I think it's it's certainly it's still a possibility. They're three and a half games out right now behind the Jazz with what did you say, thirty eight games left to play. Yeah. So I, I, if I had to put a percentage on it, what are the percentages that they get the one seed? Yeah, I put it at maybe like twenty five percent. I think there's still 
a chance. But you're yeah, right. The, the yeah, AD that's, thing, that's, it, that's it also, a high chance. It depends on when AD comes back, too, right? Yeah, but you know he's not coming back soon. I mean, he's not right. coming back that soon. I mean, I, I think your 25 is a little too high. I, I think it's more like 10 to 15. But so, so then the next question is, does it matter? Do they care? I mean, are, are they really... I mean, of course, you look at the standings. You know, it's not like you're not looking at it. But I mean, do they care uh, at all? I think I think it matters only if fans and a significant amount of fans are back. Because right. playing in Utah is difficult when the fans are on you and they're loud, and that's one of the toughest arenas to play in the NBA. Right. But if that's not the case, you still have a little bit of the altitude. But it's not as much of a significant factor. And if the Clippers end up being the one seed, then you're playing at Staples Center anyway. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think that really matters. So, yeah, I, I think the, the short answer is I don't think it matters whether they get a one seed. The, what, what does matter, though, is I don't want to face the Clippers. Clippers second. Second round. In the, in the second round. I'd like to face yes. the Clippers in the uh, conference finals. So I think that I, does matter. So honestly, I, I'd rather be probably the four seed and face the Jazz in that second round. If the Jazz are going to stay at one. If the Jazz stay at one, I'd rather be the four seed than the two or the three. I think the Lakers would agree. Also, a couple important things to note. Good call on that. The Lakers are 13-4 and four on the road. I, I know you know there isn't a home court advantage. Last season, they were 27-9 and nine on the road. That was best in the NBA. Their road record right now is best in the NBA. But by the way, uh, the Lakers are only 10-7 and seven at home. Right, right. But it's just uh, it's home and away splits are like so different these last years. Totally. But, but, but last year, with fans, they, they still had the best road record. And just, you know, if you're repeating, if you won last year and you have LeBron on your team, you... You, he doesn't care about home court advantage. They, they know they're the team to beat if they're healthy. All they care about is AD becoming healthy and getting a little bit of rhythm and momentum as the players start. Uh, I'm sorry, when the playoffs start. So, um, you know, I don't know. You know, sometimes in a way, do you buy this, that if you're already thinking you're not going to get the one seed, it can kind of just be liberating in a way. Like, oh, we don't care. We just, you know, we're not going to get the top seed. Let's just make sure we get some rhythm back and play good basketball as the playoffs start. And that might be a silly way to think about it. But no, I, 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 agree. I almost I think there's, I, yeah, I almost think like it's just not stressful at all for them to get it. I do remember back in the day, like 2000, 2009, 2010, I did want the Lakers to be ahead of the Celtics is when the Celtics had a good team because you were really thinking about a game seven having it at home or away because if the teams are even, that having matters. a game seven at home is very big. But because, like you said, mm-hmm. we're scared of the Clippers, it would be a Staples Center thing, I think this situation, they don't care. Yeah, it's like home teams, I think it's some kind of crazy stat, like 80% of home teams win game sevens. Right. You know? So, like, yes, but I just think it's different this year unless – we're lucky that in you know, come come late June or July or whenever the NBA finals are that fans are back. Then I think it matters. Then then, yeah. then you got to think about uh, a game 7. Yeah. Good call. So. Um, okay, so I have a would you rather for you and then we're going to do your quiz cuz you're going to take a quiz against Trudell. Here is your would you rather. Uh, so everyone knows Roman really enjoys to travel and go on vacations, which I think is a great quality. Uh, I love to tease Roman about being cheap with everyday stuff, but he is not cheap with his vacations and uh, and uh, 
And I think you're the man for that. So this is vacation related. Roman also likes yeah. to play beach volleyball. He likes to snowboard. Cool. He just came back from you, every year. You go on a different skiing trip with his crew, right? You've done like Utah, Colorado. You just did Montana. We've done right? Japan. We've done Whistler Japan. and wow. Canada. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. Ro- and Roman lives in Manhattan Beach by the beach. He loves the beach too. So here's your question. Would you rather get unlimited and free extravagant vacations to any beach tropical destination around the world? You know, the, you know all the best shit. Hawaii, Bora Bora, Maldives, all this white sand amazingness, right? And you get it, it countless, as many as you want, whenever you want. Or you get unlimited, free, extravagant vacations to all the best ski slash snow oh. destinations for the rest of your life. I don't think I don't think this is even a question. Really? I, I w- I, I would I would choose I would choose the beaches. Well, actually, that's that's interesting because you, li- you live live by the beach because you live like, by the beach. As already. I said that, I'm now having second thoughts. Oh, you're like I'll do this the easiest thing what? ever. Wait, let me rethink it. Well, what is in- can I ask? What is included in the extra <laughs> in the extravagant beach vacations? Just like any and all, like, like all those. Can can a yacht be included? I mean, yeah, like you know, you do those like day fishing trips or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's not like you're not yachting around the world, but yeah, you stay at the beach. <laughs> Why are we talking getting into specifics? You stay at the because beach I need resort. the specifics. You stay at the beach resort, and you can take the yacht out for the day. But no, you don't just get like free yachting around the world. I I feel like the, it's the idea of the, ski su- versus the beach. summer the summer vacations are probably uh-huh. more expensive. And you're always so, worried about getting bang for your buck. Listen to you. Value is important. It's free we've just either done, way. We've just done so many of these. <laughs> we've done so many of the uh, of the ski trips that I feel like I have like a really good handle on like how to plan them and where right. we should go. And like, I don't know. I, I think I'd, I think I'd go for the. For the summer ones. Yeah, I mean, plus, I, I, mean plus, I love tropical vacations. That's the easiest, right? Just swimsuits, like, you just chill. It's easy. Yeah. Plus, with my injury this year, I mean, I, I still had a, a great time, but it was, you know, you might not, I don't, the same thing with tennis, right? Like, you may yeah. not, at some point, be able to snowboard later in life. Right, like so that, So if I'm you're getting right. these for the, rest, for the rest of my life, then I'm, then I'm, I'm going to go yeah. with, the, uh, with the beach vacations, because you can do that anytime. I thought you would do the skiing because you live by what you call is one of the best beaches in the country, Manhattan Beach, and you can easily get there. So it's like you live by the beach, so I'll take the free skiing. But I'm with you. Tropical vacations all day. I like your answer. Yeah. Even though I live by the beach, we still want a vacation to other beaches. Right. Yeah. Okay, you ready all for right. your quiz? Let's do it. Okay. So we are going to do, if you uh, heard our episode a few episodes ago, I, it was with Medina. We're going to do the same thing where I give you, because I, I want to do this, you against Trudell, because Trudell's going to be so good at this. And I, gave I know. Tough ones. I'm, I'm nervous. So i got to be honest. It's, it's former random Lakers. You're going to do fine. Trust me. By the way, am I 2-0? Did, did I win both the first two quizzes? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm not confident I, in this. Trudell, Trudell's... I, so locked in. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do the $5 make fun of quiz because, like, Trudell and I aren't, like, that close. I don't really want to make fun of him. I'll make fun of you all day, but maybe we'll see what he feels like. Okay. So I haven't promised the $5 just yet. But here we go. So I'm you're playing for nothing. Me... I'm playing for nothing. <laughs> you were playing for pride. I know you're competitive. Okay, you're going to give me the school and the, and the number they wore for the Lakers, okay? Okay. First one is Shannon Brown. Shannon Brown went to Michigan State. Correct. And what number does Shannon Brown wear for the Lakers? Uh, wow, I think 12? Correct. Good job. Two for two. Okay. Next player is Ramon Sessions, baby. Dude, 
Hold on a second. Before you continue <laughs> with the quiz, Tradell has joined early, okay? And he can't listen to the quiz okay. because he's going to have to do this later. Tradell, so, can you Trudell, hear us? So, we need, we need, you, we need you, to, you to jump off for the quiz because you're going to be... Yeah, be... okay, good. Good. We'll, we'll, you'll ha- we'll have you join in about five minutes once I finish the quiz. Did you already hear the first answer? He's not going to okay. answer. All right. He, he, okay. You ready? He, he left. He left. Okay. Okay. Ramon Sessions. Uh, Ramon Sessions went to Nevada. Correct. And he wore number... Ooh. Why do I want to say zero? No, that was Goudlock. Did Sessions wear zero? Eleven? Uh, I don't know. It's wrong. Wrong. He, he wore number seven. Seven. Okay. okay. Both Vaughn, of wrong. Vaughn Wafer. Okay, Von Wafer went, went to Florida State, and I believe uh-huh. he wore 23. Nice, dude. Good job. Number four, Travis Knight, the White Delight. Oh, Travis, that's an easy one. He went to UConn, and he wore number yep. 40. You are a pimp. Let's go. Chris Kamen. Chris Kamen went to Central Michigan. <laughs> yes. And he wore number... Uh, yeah, I could just see him this like one's tough. laying on the bench. Uh, th- yes. 30, 35? No, wrong. No? He, he is a weird one. He wore he wore nine for the Lakers. That was a weird oh one. yeah, you're, yeah. Um, okay, Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw went to UC Santa Barbara, Gaucho. Yep. Uh, and he wore number twenty. Very good. Last one, Isaiah Ryder. Uh, UNLV. Correct. And. Oh, man, the numbers are tough. I'm not as good with the numbers. That's I watch weird. a lot of college hoops. That's why I know all the colleges. Yeah, I was, I'm actually uh, se- really good at the numbers. Se- seven? Yeah, very good. Seven, okay. So you went 12 for 14. Uh, nice job. And now let's wow, bring it. Wow, if you keep giving me the college quiz, I'm going to do yeah. really good at that. So I think I'm actually going to beat Trudeau. I, I think Trudeau. Really, Trudeau's not a college get... ba- he's not a college basketball guy. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so you're, you're, you think 12 is going to do it. All right, so uh, it's time to bring him in, yeah? All right, all uh, right. Here we go. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. All right, Chiz, we uh, welcome in Lakers reporter Mike Trudell. He's been a Lakers reporter since 2008, a guy who lives and breathes hoops, analytics junkie, the commissioner of several unfair fantasy basketball leagues, a guy who <laughs> receives a call from Geeter two weeks before every July 4th to do the Galaxy game, and a former D1 athlete, soccer player, who Let's went go. winless in an entire season at Northwestern. Mike Trudell. How are you? How's that intro for you? Well, I want to, you should be thanking me because I listened to your podcast with Geeter and the only reason he was able to do your wedding was that he and I convinced AJ 
to let me fill in uh, and host for him that weekend, uh, which which you know which cost the company money. So uh, shout out to me for allowing your wedding to take place. And even though Chiz was you know sort of ripping, and you could tell Geeter was was like a little bit upset. When he was. was. Like, ah. I don't know. I don't know if it was it was that great. And he was like, "What? What do you mean? What do you mean?" Um, I I I know 100 percent that it was great. There is nobody better. Um, and I also can't believe you didn't tell the Price is Right story. But that's fine. Uh, maybe next time you have him on. I mean, that's we, we've true. heard that story. Are you allowed well, to give a shout out to yourself? By the way, he just uh, did. I, think, I think you just heard me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, yeah. I was stunned. I'm still a little bit stunned by that. I've never, yeah. never heard that before. Okay. Well, you, you haven't listened to the right people talk, then. My yeah, apologies. My my yeah. apologies. All right, so we're, we we like to start these with with some would you rather's. So I, I mentioned that you went winless at Northwestern in a full season while playing soccer. Soccer, I don't know if soccer. anyone knows yep. soccer. D one soccer. So my would you rather for you is: Would you rather go back, go undefeated that season, and win the NCAA title, or you would win your fantasy hoops league every year? For the rest of your life, money included and everything. That's a stupid one. I already know what Mike's gonna say. Okay. So. <laughs> Ch- okay, Chiz, uh, please feel free to answer for me. No, no, no. I want to hear first. Yeah, no, no. No, don't. Yeah, you go first. <laughs> no, I, I, I legitimately want to know how you would answer. Okay, I, I like I, you. I like you undercutting Roman's question. I'm I, I will. It's just so stupid. Like it, yeah. the, the idea of winning fantasy basketball every year after you win it a couple times, it's like you're not gonna get off on the fact of winning it a third or fourth time, even if it is you, a little bit of money. Of course. He's gonna go back and want the NCA title. That is like you, so much you, more priceless. You've never cool. met Trudell, apparently, because Trudell okay. loves fantasy hoops. He's more into it than anybody that I know. Okay, well, ready for me to? Yeah, did I basically? Here, did... <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I have won my fantasy league so many times that it's almost boring to win exactly. at this point. Uh, Roman's doing well this year, by the way, because um, he had some keepers uh, that, that he's hanging over. Uh, I. I would say though, yeah. I mean, look, if I'm giving you my honest answer, it would be the college title. But I, I don't think that would pre- like Roman. Are you saying that I can't win the fantasy league if, uh, if, if I choose this, or you're just saying that I'm not guaranteed to win it? I'm gonna say that you can't win. You cannot win. No, well, see, no more titles. But that's sort of then. Why would I even play then? And that, if I weren't yeah. gonna win the fantasy league, I would just quit it. So you would Dude, you would you have could, to allow could, for the possibility that I could you, still win it. I just wouldn't be guaranteed. You would have to still play. You could finish in second. You can finish. Yeah, you can finish it, in the money. You can. Chiz is right. Chiz is right. It's a, it's a weird hypothetical. Yeah, I, I love the way Trudell answers these. Would you rather? It's like he gets into the nitty gritty of you know, would I be guaranteed? No one, none of our other guests have even understand these questions. I always have to break it down for these idiots. Trudell, you are the you are the man. He's absolutely right. He's already won it. He's bored, and he just gave the idea like he's not if he's not guaranteed to win, he can still play to win. Yeah, it was. Just well, here, but here's what I, here's what I would say though. Here's what I would say though. You can't. I also don't like the premise of the question. In that, in call, like the it's it's all about the pursuit of that excellence. And if you're just guaranteed the excellence, right. now it's one thing if you like end up getting there and and you don't know while you're playing. But it's not that fun to go to think back and be like, oh yeah, you're gonna be the guaranteed national champions. It's like, hey, congrats, we got a cheat code from my buddy Roman on his podcast, and now we're the <laughs> national champions. You know, no, correct. <laughs> it's it's the fact that you, you didn't guys enjoy went getting through a cheat it. code you... in NBA Jam. <laughs> I love those I, cheat codes. Yeah, I can't wait until my my boys are almost to the point where, uh, like, they're six, my twins, and they're almost to the point where they can play Mario Kart against me. But the, like, you know, they're not good yet, but they can kind of get the guy around the track. 
on if I if I hook up the old 64. I'm looking forward to the day when they can play actual video games. But yes, in ter- in terms of the college soccer thing too, though, guys, like I I didn't go to some famed program like Indiana. Like part of the whole point of was doing that was so I could go to the journalism school. Um, and it did suck to suck, and and I but it was a different kind of thing because the expectations uh, were so low. Uh, it was a uh, it, it, that it was not fun for somebody that's hyper competitive, Roman, as you know me, um, to be losing a lot. I've kind of blocked it out of my brain. Okay, I'm glad we can remind you. The question yeah. was so bad that we couldn't reconsider starting restarting the podcast. That's how that's how bad. <laughs> yeah, Chiz, do you have a different pod that's just you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, by the way, I have a would you rather later. Chiz- we'll get to, and it's just so much better than that one. But we'll get to that one later. I think Chiz has not liked any of my would you rather questions. Since we started the pod, and we're now on episode seven. Well, so. Roman, it, it's funny that you do the would you rather though, because that was one of my when I was doing uh, even more writing, and I still I still do you know a, a decent amount of writing for Lakers.com. But my first couple of years, I would do a, a lot of would you rather's with the players. It was just a little different. It was easier to get access. That there wasn't the TV network yet, right? Um, and so I could just pull whatever Jordan Farmar or Nick Young aside and just do twenty stupid would you rather questions. And that was like a, that was that was like my favorite piece of. Um, of content that we used to do, and it's just things have evolved. So, thank you for bringing it back. Um, I, you know, the, the questions I'm sure will get better as the podcast goes on. I, I promise. I, they I will. just need more experience, right? Um, you, Trudell, you, you just mentioned like Farmar, and you know, all, you've been covering the Lakers forever. What is one current or former Laker that you've been especially cool with, or he's been really funny, cool to you, that maybe wouldn't be so obvious? Like, we asked Brez this earlier, and he's like, oh, Pau Gasol and Odom were cool. And I'm like, yeah, no duh. Those guys just seem cool, and we know they're cool. Like, is there one <laughs> Is there one that Laker fans would be like, oh, like, that's surprising, or that's, like, cool to hear, you know, because you just have great insight. You've been around him for a while. Well, I, I, so this, this will probably be a deep cut for some people, but Josh nice. Powell is somebody that I stay in touch with. Uh, nice. He was, he was always one of my favorite guys, uh, super genuine, nice, kind of like sweet guy. And so I, uh, I, I check in with him here and there, uh, and that's fun. So that, yeah, that would be my deep cut, uh, deep dive answer for anybody that remembers the JPZ days. In that's fact, cool. Before there were many podcasts going at all, um, we I did a little podcast with Josh Powell called JPZ's Playlist. Uh, I don't know how many episodes we did. I think it probably like 15. And it was just he and I talking hip-hop on the road. Uh, we I would have him in my hotel room. Uh, this is during the 08 through 10 seasons, right, when they were winning the titles. And he would just, yeah, he would come into my room. And, and we, we did a hip-hop draft one time with Shannon Brown. Uh, and I, I got to say, like, I my final squad, I, I had, like, Tupac, Biggie, Tribe Called Quest, and Wu-Tang Clan uh, somehow. Like, I was crushing it and, and feeling really good about myself. So, yeah, JPZ's playlist. I believe it may be some deep cut on iTunes at this point. That's sweet. That, we I, gotta we gotta go back and listen to that. That's yeah. sweet. I like that. I remember all the players like just like thinking he was. I remember he was just like a a teammate favorite at the time. I remember people used to talk very positively about him. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And he come he come and give you some sort of those those '90s traditional power forward minutes, right? Uh, he wouldn't play as much in today's game. He wasn't a shooter, uh, which is, it seems like almost everybody's using that uh, that floor spacer now at the four spot. But he was kind of a traditional banger. He'd come in, he'd get a couple rebounds, he'd give you a little energy, uh, and then he'd go back and sit and cheer for his folks on the bench. Yeah, yeah he, he was a solid player. He was like an eleventh, twelfth guy. And he had a he had yeah. a mid range jumper. He had no, a no, no, Roman. Jumper. No, he was not. He was in the rotation. Roman. He was like yeah. he was like the ninth guy. He was like ninth or tenth guy. Yeah, yeah he, I think he played like eight, ten minutes a game or something like that. I remember him. Yeah, he was he was a solid player, good energy guy. Uh, Trudell, here here's what I want to ask you. I think there's there's a lot of interest always in rings, and everybody knows the players get rings when they win a title. But you also have, I believe, three championship rings. 
What is that like having those rings and how are they different from the rings that the players get? Yeah, it's almost, there's a certain level of embarrassment almost, right, with getting something that's that cool for the role that you play <laughs> as a support member um, of the staff. And, you know, and I'm, I'm just, my job, right, is to try and be some sort of a conduit between the players and the team and the fans so that just, you know, whether it's listening more interviews or trying to find out different nuggets or uh, giving some analysis. Now at this point, I, I think as you evolve right in your career, I wasn't doing as much of that. My first two, it was just straight, hey, here's what Phil Jackson said. Here's what Kobe Bryant said. Here's what Pau Gasol said and, and try to put that in proper context. Now you can, you can build a little bit more analysis into it. But yeah, so I, I just thank kind of the it's the players, right? So it's LeBron and it's Kobe at the top of those lists. And then, you know, the, the executives that put the team together, the coaching staff, there are a bunch of people like me on the staff, right. That end up getting a ring for being part of the organization. And, and it does, uh, but it's, I'm in this, this weird spot there because I'm also a media member and where I try to be unbiased in my coverage and my analysis and, and reporting on the team. I also work for the team, and so therefore my life is definitely better when they're doing well. So it is it is a unique spot yeah. to be in. But I'm it's not like you know what am I going to do? Say no, no, thank you. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and so what what I do instead of like I don't think of them so much as mine. I think of them as like LeBron and Kobe and the Lakers organizations, and I am uh, I am a, a side beneficiary of them, and I will keep them in a uh, in a safety deposit box until my kids reach a certain age. I'll probably mandate that they graduate college, you know, like get a job, that kind of stuff. Possibly grandkids, uh, and then give one to each of the boys. Oh, if you could only, if like you could, so if you don't you wear, only, you don't wear them. No, no, no. I don't. Yeah, I don't wear them. I, I mean, the, so Stu Lance sometimes will wear one to games because fans love to see them, and so like that. That is something that I get. But I, yeah, it's not like I'm I'm walking around in the community, um, flashing my ice around like, hey, look what I got. Like, yeah, I did this. I did this, guys. See this. No, I, I don't. I don't flex to like like that on it. If there was only one you could keep, and, and the other two had to be gone, you know, what what was what is one you would keep? You have two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and the bubble one, right? Yeah. So the I'd yeah. say the first one, which was uh, which the first one was just unique um, in that. So two thousand nine in Orlando, right? And the Lakers win the title, and in that case, we're all staying at a certain hotel in suburban Orlando, like outside of the city. And after they win, there's only so many of us in the traveling party at that point. And there's this this uh, this just fantastic party in one of the ballrooms. And at this point, this is my first year, right? So I was kind of fully wrapped up in it. And I just, sure, I'd done my reporting job, but I wasn't doing any TV or radio yet. And, you know, I like I had mentioned Josh Powell. He's pouring champagne on my head, you know, in that ballroom. Like, it's, it's just a, it's a totally different experience. The next year when they won in 2010... Um, I was just straight transcribing quotes and I didn't even go in the locker room, you know, to, uh, to go and be a part of that whole thing. So yeah, that first year, just because of what ensued afterwards and all of those memories that created out of it. And uh, like, I, I don't know if you guys ever remember me doing this, but so fish hits that shot over Jameer Nelson, right? Early After the in offensive the foul, the elbow yeah. to the face. Yeah, exactly. And so he hits the back in there and Jameer Nelson, for whatever reason, keeps backpedaling when the Lakers need the three to tie. And so fit, so I had fish hold that pose over me pretending to be like Jameer Nelson, like with the, you know, with a champagne glass in my other hand, it's one of my favorite photos. And it's just something that like that, that kind of a memory, right. Will always stick with me. That was more, there's a little bit more of that fan um, that I know that Geeter talked about from that first year. And I think since then I've tried to, um, to pull a little bit back and just be, uh, tried to be a little bit more objective in approaching it, um, everything. But yeah, man, it, it's tough to, it's tough to shake that first one for me. Yeah. That's the, sweet. the first, the first one is always the most special. I always think for me, like the 2000 title 
will always be the most special as a fan, especially, uh, you know, them beating the Blazers and the conference finals game seven coming from behind like that. There's no championship since then that I think comes close to that experience for me. So I, I totally get it. Yeah, that makes sense, man. Um, Chiz, you so, have a would you rather for Trudeau. Okay, yeah, I was not know if we do that panic meter. Okay, this is your would you rather. So let's just say NBA has a lockout. I don't know, it folds, and you lose your job covering the Lakers. You know, every, the NBA is just out, right? Everyone loses their job. And you have to choose one of the two. For the next 10 years, you are, you are either the play-by-play for the LA Galaxy, and you make $75,000 a year, or this is for ten years, or you become a, or you become a full time plumber. You know, you're just cleaning toilets, but you work Monday through Friday, nine to five, and you make a million a year, and it's ten years. Well, first of all, I'd like to I'd like to uh, to state that uh, no disrespect to plumbers. Okay, um, that that is a noble craft, and I, and I, and I don't of I don't course. know Roman. I don't know, Roman, if there's any implication. Otherwise, uh, if he if he uh, took that job for a reason, in fact, wait, why are you why are you I, saying I, it to me? This is Chiz's question. No, I, I just, his question. I'm giving you no, Roman. I'm giving you the chance to rip him like he ripped you for the question. But I, but I, you know, I can pull that back. <laughs> um, anyway, I would say uh, no. I, I so the whole reason that I'm in this industry, and I, I think like what I want to say earlier was it's fun to hear you guys on a podcast because I think there's so many producers. Uh, in sports that are really, really smart and that know the game uh, just as well as some of the people that are on air and they just, they happen to go the production route. And so it's kind of fun now to see that people can start their a podcast, right? For like this, for example, and you guys can show um, all the stuff that you know, that, that, that I know, because when I would come in to do shows, we would have all these types of arguments, um, especially me and Roman um, in, in the aisle before I would go in to do the show. So, so let me state that. And I think that what we share, uh, it, it, what I know, I think we share because of that is this passion for being able to talk about sports. And I didn't get into it for the money. Um, I didn't make any money for a long, long time. And so absolutely it would be the soccer play-by-play. Um, right. and, and there isn't a there isn't a, a dollar amount that you could put on doing a job for me um, that I wouldn't enjoy doing. And so, yeah, that would to me, that's a pretty easy answer, folks. Yeah, okay, I Chiz, just, Chiz, hold on. Chiz told, Chiz, Chiz told me that he would rather be the plumber for 10 years. And then I realized that that would be the worst thing of all time for everybody involved. Anyone's house that he went to, if he was the plumber, I would be extremely scared. Roman, if I anything. become Roman, if I become a plumber, I'm gonna learn how to fix the freaking toilet. Yes, Obviously, you'll never I can't learn be a how to do it now. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. Trudell has three kids now, and you've already been in the business for a long time. So I totally get that your love and passion is talking sports. I'm just thinking, you know, you can. Like, let's be honest. You do 10 years of LA Galaxy, and then you have $750,000. And you have three kids now. I'm sure you want to, you know, take care of them. Put them well, in Chiz, school, Chiz, do you school. want me... Do, hold what? on. Do you want me to pick apart your question like I did to Romans? Because I'm, I'm happy to. <laughs> yes, no, please. No, no, no. No, because we don't want to keep you too long because we have all this other stuff to get to. So I really appreciate your response. But I would encourage you to think about it a little more when you go to sleep tonight <laughs> yeah. and hit me what, up if you change what I would your mind. Say, <laughs> what I would say is that I would I would also get other jobs at the same time in sports. Uh, you don't you don't have to do just one. So if it were a financial thing and I needed to make more for my uh, for my family to you know pay the mortgage and all that kind of stuff, uh, then I would add a job. Now, if you would have stipulated that that is the only possible income that you can make, 
you know, then right. then I, I would have to figure something out. But but I but I would. I, I I can't do something that I don't love to do, my friend. So that's a good call, though, Charles. So you're saying so that's what I was gonna say. You could do another job. You take the plumber job. You work Monday through Friday, nine to five. You're making a killing, a million a year, and then you have free time. You have a consistent schedule for you to do uh, more JPZ's whatever podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I, I I see where you're trying to go with it, uh, but I, no, I'm gonna go the other way uh, and stick by my answer. I love you. Um, <laughs> All right, panic All meter. Right. Panic meter. Lakers lost prior to Friday. Lakers lost four games in a row. Laker fans love to panic. Where are you on the panic meter in terms of how they were playing on a scale of one to ten, Trudell? No, just panic in general, not where were they playing. It's more like panic in general as a Laker fan. I like that <laughs> wording better. <laughs> Do, do you guys need some time to sort out your question? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the, is, does, does 1 to 10, does that include 0? Or do yes. I have to, is 1 the lowest? Yeah. Well, one uh, to ten, I, ten, technically 1 to 10 does not include 0. That's why well, that's why, one I, ask, to ten. That's why I, uh, I will say I will say 1. Uh, I, it's, it's almost like I remember doing these types of games on access shows that you guys would produce. Yes, uh, that is a 1 for me. It could not have been any more obvious why the Lakers were losing games. And it wasn't yeah. just because of Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder being out. It was because they are extremely fatigued. And we know why, because of the unique pandemic season last year, the unique bubble that went through October 11th. And like one of the ways that I answered this question, it may have actually come up on one of the panic meters uh, on Spectrum, although they didn't call it that this time. Uh, and I think, it, so if you look at the other conference finalists from uh, and what the record is, the Celtics are 16 and 17. The Heat are 16 and 17. And the Nuggets are 17 and 15, right? So these are the teams that played later, at least, than everybody else. And there's this mix of physical and mental wall. Combine that with the injuries. Combine that with the fact that the Lakers are still getting everybody's best shot. Yet they're at Staples Center with no fans. And they're not getting any boost of energy. They're not getting any boost on the road. Uh, which, by the way, is, is why it's still so impressive uh, what their road record is, 13 and 4 at this point. And they're still finding ways to win games because they're so talented. So, no, I, I, I think it's just extremely easy to put into context where they were at. And they remain 23-11 on the season. So, yeah, one one would be my hard answer there. Nice. Roman, what do you got? I mean, I'm obviously with Trudell. I think it's a one for me. Anytime you have a championship team who's struggling in the regular season, and honestly struggling because no AD, as we talked about earlier in the show, it just doesn't matter. Like, we know that this team, it's championship or bust. We know that they just need to get healthy for the playoffs. We know that they have the talent to win the title. So, yeah, middle of the season, they lose four games in a row without their second best player. I don't think it matters. Like, it's about end of the season, are they playing well heading into the playoffs? And honestly, I think even if they're playing their B or C game, they can win their first round matchup. So it's really like, are you playing well in the first round of the playoffs to get ready for that Jazz matchup and that Clippers matchup. Like that's well, what and- that's what matters. You I want them to be healthy heading into the playoffs and I want them to start playing well then. Like you can play great in the middle of the season and it doesn't really matter. And yeah. just what I would add what I would add to that Roman and maybe uh, Chiz, I'm curious if you agree with this perspective. So seeding 
doesn't matter much with when you have the talent that the Lakers have, uh, especially with LeBron at that top end, and, and especially because we know how well they play in the road. We know how much they like that challenge. We know how if you have to go and win a game in like game one or two, uh, it's not something I would be super nervous about. But especially with the fan thing where you're not sure how many fans are going to be in these respective buildings and you don't know if that's going to be regulated at all by the NBA uh, at a certain point, right? Because they don't want some t- a team playing with 20,000 fans in their arena and the other team having two uh, as a competitive disadvantage. So I don't know if they're going to sort that out. But I just wouldn't worry that much about matchups and about seeding uh, in, in this case. I, I'm with Roman there that the health is more important for this particular season. Yeah, we, we talked about it earlier before you came on. It was like the seeding's just intriguing as far as if they're going to play the Clippers in the second round of the Western Conference Finals. But yeah, if there's no fans especially, no home court advantage, who cares? They're so good on the road. My panic meter number, we're all on the same page. I put a two and it's just because I'm only thinking health-wise. And this is how I feel every time AD hits the floor. It's just how it is with him. I don't want to say he's injury-prone because if you look at the numbers, he hasn't missed that many games. But he hits the floor a lot. I feel like he always has hurt fingers and shoulders and arms. It's very strange. This time it's a leg. But no panic at all about where they're playing. It's just health. And I am a firm believer in this. I'm curious if you guys agree. If you're mid-dynasty or you're trying to repeat, three-peat, whatever, I almost feel like a team needs like certain obstacles or difficult circumstances to overcome just to keep it interesting. You know, whether it's new teammates, a four-game losing streak, you know, maybe some injuries. So... I think it's almost beneficial in a way to have a few patches like this during the season where you get some losses, you get that, you know, shitty taste in your mouth in the locker room, answering obvious annoying questions from the media. I think those moments are healthy for championship teams to go through so that they're forced to kind of pivot, problem solve and stay sharp and kind of keep their competitive juices alive. So no panic at all. You just obviously need AD in the lineup. They're not yeah. good enough to win the championship, most likely, if they don't have them there. You know, especially if they don't have them there, like, forever, you know, even if it's not a couple yeah. of games. So I Ad- think we're all Ad- feeling the same thing. Yeah, adver- adversity makes you makes you better. And it's like yeah. with LeBron when he had that uh, former Cleveland or the, the guy in Cleveland go at him. And then he started to, you know, he had a, a huge fourth quarter and then he got into it with the fan in Atlanta. Right. And so, like, that little stuff, and Jordan always talked about it. You need that little stuff to motivate you when you're already a championship team. So, yeah, I, so I think we're all on the same page. The only the thing I would add to it is LeBron is is still the cheat code to all this, though. And, and just, you mentioned health, which is, of course, a concern for every team, right? How many times yeah. can we go through a championship run and say that a team – Woulda, coulda, shoulda won if X guy had stayed healthy. Most recently, of course, with Durant um, and Clay Thompson with the Warriors. So what LeBron gives you, and I, I think I wrote a piece on this when the Lakers acquired him before he even played a game. What you get is a better chance that he is healthy than anybody else. Okay, yes. so like that is that is the thing that you that I think you still get, and historically, that's that's another reason why um, I think that you know you you kind of give the Lakers the benefit of the doubt this year is because LeBron, uh, it, even at this age in his 18th season, um, he he finds such a ridiculous way to take care of himself. So uh, I, I always bake that in when I think about the Lakers upside. Good call. Yeah. All right, Shiz, let's get into some uh, NBA uh, pet peeves. I know you're excited about this favorite uh, so segment. I'll, I'll, you go it's, first. It's your favorite. It's your favorite segment. I want I want you to go first. I don't think really? mine is as strong today. But I, I, I've, I, I've always, used, I always I, feel like mine's the strongest, so I should go last. I've used up my good ones. You know what? Let's have Mike Trudell go first. Yeah, let's what have Trudell go first. Do you have any NBA pet peeves? Yeah, so my biggest NBA pet peeve, and, and it's <laughs> it, it's been this way for a long time. I hate when players try and trick the refs as opposed to try and draw a foul. I, I don't I, like I don't want to get too specific on the types of guys that do it, but okay, fine, I will. 
It's James Harden, right? Uh, it's Lou Williams. It's the guys that will go around uh, when when you're trying to chase them on the screen, and they will go up with their right hand to shoot, grab your arm yeah, with their left it. hand. That's the kind of cheap stuff to me. That it a and here's why: it's counterproductive. It might get you some more fouls in the regular season. You're not getting those calls in the postseason. So you see a lot of guys that rely on tactics like that end up playing worse in the postseason. So basically, it's just all you're doing is hurting yourself and eventually hurting your team. I would also put Trey Young's little backup move into the player, uh, into that. Now, like Chris Paul's got some of those tendencies here and there, but him, I sort of, I sort of, I sort of excuse it for Chris because he just is that maniacally competitive that he can't help it. So I'm like, okay, I, I get it, Chris. Like, that's just Chris Paul. Um, you kind of get it uh, with him. So, But that, that's my biggest yeah. pet peeve in the NBA, guys, uh, unless you want to start getting into the amount of time spent reviewing plays and instant replay. But maybe one of you will Whoa, bring it up. I'll, st- I'll stick with good, this one for now. That's, yeah, that's, that's a good one. one. I, I just want to follow up on that, that one that you just mentioned. Yeah, because good. I hate when... You watch and replay, and within the first five seconds, you're like, okay, that was a foul. Or, okay, like, the ball was out of bounds on somebody else. And then they still review it for, like, three minutes. You're like, wait a minute. We all just watched it together. It was so obvious. So why are we still reviewing it for three minutes? That's, that's a really good one. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll just go mine real quick. And I think I saw it yesterday for, for a moment. I hate when a possession on offense where a guy dribbles the entire shot clock and then takes a bad shot. Like, and everyone stands around as a like basketball purist. Nothing pisses me off more than that. At least make a couple of passes, get the ball back, and then go one-on-one. This is so But the, I, the idea of a guy just dribbling the entire clock out, <laughs> like, take a shot within the first three or well, four seconds, fine. Take Make a couple of passes, then take a bad shot, fine. I can live with it. But to dribble the entire shot clock and then take a bad shot, I think nothing more drives me crazy. Would, would you like a tiny, tiny bit of pushback to that? Sure. Always. Sometimes, okay, sometimes when players do that, it is to conserve energy within the course of the game. Other times, it is to ensure that you don't turn the ball over. Other yeah, like times, late in the game, it is, late in the game. Other times, it is to it is to basically manipulate the shot clock in a quarter to a certain extent. So you're not okay. wrong in, in the sense that it is frustrating sometimes to watch, but it, it can like there are strategies that LeBron James, who is of course mentally uh, overlooking an entire 48 minutes inside of his brain, and there are times and in, in 95 percent of the time it works. A couple of times it doesn't. Um, for example, the uh, the recent loss at it's uh, at Staples Center, of course, when the Lakers blew the big lead, like uh, that, like that happens once in a while. Most of the time, uh, LeBron is just basically bossing the game out um, from a mental perspective. But like, I hear what you're saying; it can be frustrating to watch. It just sometimes it does serve a purpose. Uh, listen, I, I that was get Washington, it. by the way. That was right, Washington. Right. I, I get it toward the end of of the game when you have a couple minutes left and like your best chance is to go one on one anyway. I'm I'm more saying like when you're in the middle of the game and I get the idea of resting on offense, but you're letting the defense rest too when you're not passing the ball. Everyone on defense can rest as well. So Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like Roman, yeah. you're such All a right. good little let's, good little boy. Always wants the ball you. moving with energy like D'Antoni. I, I do. I love to see the beautiful okay. game. Okay, you ready for mine? Okay, my pet peeve today is concerning the two-for-one strategy because I am convinced most players have no idea how time works, okay? So for people that don't know that's watching this, uh, two-for-one, you know, means let's say there's 40 seconds left at the end no of the No one's quarter. watching it, Chiz. We're not on I, Listening, video. yeah. Instead, So if it's 40 seconds left, you know, our team has the ball. Instead of letting the clock slowly wind down and then take a shot attempt with less than 24 seconds, you want to take a shot before it gets to 24, so then you ensure the idea of getting one more possession. So you're going 
going to get two possessions versus their one instead of one versus one. Okay, so here's how teams blow it. Players think you just need to take the shot before the clock gets to 25 or 24. But the truth is, it's already too late if the clock has gone below 30. Some schmuck will hoist up some shit shot with 27 seconds left. That means the ball will hit the rim at 26. Then the rebound won't be secured until about 25. The shot clock will reset, and it's way too late. You just blew it. You took a bad shot, and you didn't even get a two-for-one. Coaches need to explain to these guys that the first shot has to be out of your hand by 30 one at the latest not to mention you need at least three or four seconds when you get it back to take a decent shot instead of like a full court heave so if you're gonna do a two for one the ball has to be released by 31 or it's too late they always do you know what i mean this yeah, two for the, one they're the so sweet... obsessed with two for one they get a bad shot meanwhile you didn't take it early enough because you're not accounting for the time it takes for the other team to get it in the shot clock to reset yeah, the sweet spot is between forty. That's, yeah, and it's 30 a pretty seconds. good point. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I think that there are there are some players that deal with it better than others. But you're right. That is that is something that's frustrating me too. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, you see it like they they need to have that number in their head thirty. I think because anything under thirty, especially if it's a three, especially if the ball is kind of like rattling around for a little bit, um, and it's just like it's almost wasted. It's just you know it's whatever. It's counterproductive and. Yeah. I think uh, well, coaches coaches need to like put that number in their head. I feel like they don't even get it. It also, so that you're, I don't, I think that you're making a fair point. The other, the other element that makes it tricky on the defense, or I, so on the team that's trying to get the two for one, if right. you just, and if you end up jacking a bad shot, um, then you, you're probably impacting your transition defense as well. Whereas yes. if you, if you're, so that's the one benefit of, of kind of like, if you're running the shot clock down, at least have the floor balance so that you're not giving up a transition opportunity to the team on, on the other end. And, and that's something you have to bake in when you're thinking about a two for one. Right, two for one. Could you, be you know a what? Chiz, you know what? Chiz is a, you know what a pet peeve of mine though is Chiz is when what? teams don't recognize that they have a two for one. When they completely I don't mean, even recognize that they have it, and then they just end up running the sh- and they take one shot and they don't even get the other possession at all. Yeah, but to to Tadrell's point though, like maybe they do realize it. They don't want to just jack up a bad shot. I'd rather get one. You know, everyone's. I'd rather get one decent one than two. Like you know, a half court and then a bad three pointer. But. Um, it, they need to just like organize their thoughts better. Well, I think. The, and, and the only so here, this is going to be sort of the pushback from when we're when you're watching it as a fan or as a, you know, you guys are kind of as I'll I'll give you expert status, okay? Somebody that really knows the game. You're still you got to bake in that the defense oftentimes knows it's coming, so they're going to overplay and they're not going to just allow a walk up three. So they're going right. to press higher on that end. So that's going to take away that th- that thought. Oh, we can just go up and get an easy shot up. No, I mean the defense also knows how to to play against that. And then B, it's just it's never quite as easy to execute everything while you're playing in the game as it looks on the outside. Where you're like, oh, guys, two for one. Meanwhile, for sure. he's thinking, well, yeah, yeah. but yeah, but you're, but I'm with you in principle for churches. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Only certain guys can really do the two for one because you need a shot creator to do it, and every, every team only has maybe a couple of shot creators on the floor at a time. So I, I get it. Not not everyone can recognize the two for one. Roman, it's the NBA. Anyone they can create shots. No, bro. dude, there's plenty of guys that aren't shot cre- creators, Chiz. All right, let's move on. Uh, Trade deadline's approaching. Obviously, the Lakers usually are a player in the buyout market. Trudell, do you think there will be a player that is not currently on the team that is going to be a rotation player at some point? Like, Do you think the Lakers will be aggressive in the trade or buyout market to get a rotation player? 
Well, here's the trick to this question with this specific Lakers roster is that they go 11 deep with guys who you could start in an NBA game. And yes, that does include THT. Um, although, look, he, it's been a little bit rougher over the last couple of weeks for THT defensively. Um, he, still, he still made some great plays uh, in on, on offense, for example, last night against Portland um, as we record this on Saturday. Markeith Morris, uh, he was your 11th guy probably heading into the season. You're here, THT. He's starting at the moment for AD. Um, I don't like who's going to come in and take minutes away from Kuzma or Caruso. Uh, uh, like those incredibly key bench players. I mean, you could argue that, that Wes Matthews could be playing better basketball. Um, and I think that he will. He's, he's actually been pretty good on defense, but he's not hitting shots at the moment. So, mm-hmm. like, I just don't know what player that's going to be on the buyout market that is going to come in and immediately be uh, be better than one of those guys and certainly not one of the starters. So I would tend to say no just because of that, Roman. What I was expecting was was like they just signed, uh, they Damian, just signed Jones. Damian, Damian Jones. And, and the reason why is because they're looking – that's the position we knew was lacking. A rim runner, um, a lob threat, a vertical threat, a, a potential shot blocker. Mm-hmm. But even, even in that case, is that guy going to be playing over Marcus All or Montrez Harrell? Uh, no, right? So it, it, it always depends on what's going to come out there. I just don't know if there's going to be somebody that's better than what, to me, is the deepest roster in the NBA. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I mean, I, I think we, I didn't really expect them to get a guy like Markeith Morris last year to then get big rotation minutes in the playoffs and hit some really big shots for them. So Agreed, yeah. agreed. But they, but there wasn't, Chiz, there wasn't somebody on the Lakers bench uh, that could do what Morris did last year, right? So that was like, that was kind of a, um, I, I think they're deeper this year um, than they were last year. Yeah. That's interesting. Every, everyone is like that with coaches too. Like, we need a new coach or, or it's like, or we need a new player. Like, okay, or this guy should make the all-star team. Like, okay, who is he going to replace? Like, who's going to like get booted? Because you're right. They're deep and yeah. everyone's good. I mean, I do think that, I think you mentioned the big man. I, I think like the one thing that when they lost to Brooklyn that maybe scares me as a Laker fan is someone other than LeBron that can match up well with Kawhi, PG, uh, Durant, and uh, Harden. I mean, it's hard to match up with those guys. I, I heard like Allie mentioned loosely at the beach the other day, PJ Tucker. We don't have to get into certain names, yeah. but that's just a name that intrigued me because it's almost like a backup LeBron just for defense because when you go against those four players I just mentioned, which they're going to match up against, uh, other than well, LeBron, there's no one I really love on the Lakers to defend them, but they're a tough cover either way. So that, yeah. that's the only thing I was thinking. I, I, mean, what, I mean, speaking of big guys, though, like what if Andre Drummond gets bought out? I mean, I don't know if that'll happen, but I mean, I think he's certainly a guy that would probably help the Lakers on the, on the glass. Well, yeah. I, so I, to speak to Chiz's point for a second, though, uh, so – the whole thing, NBA history, right? Two-way wings that can impact both sides of the ball. Why do the Lakers, why are they better than Portland or Denver last year? Because the two best players on those teams, let's say it's Lillard and McCollum, um, let's say that it's it's uh, Nurkic and Jamal Murray, they don't really impact the game much defensively. And you can say that about so many other teams around the league, and that's what the beauty of having LeBron and AD is. They can give you everything you want on offense. They can also completely change the game on defense, which we just saw LeBron do, um, by the way, against Portland. He was just insane on defense. Four steals, three blocks. Like, that's the type of two-way thing. So, Chiz, you're not wrong, but every team in the NBA wants a 3 and D wing, uh, you know, talent to supplement those kind of guys. And, and the beauty for the Lakers is that they have some guys that are, that can sort of play both ends. We, it's, it's KCP, it's Kuzma now, it's Caruso, it's et cetera, those role players. But AD and LeBron can do it. Like, their stars do it. Their stars yeah. play both ways. And there are so few. T- in fact, there's almost no other team 
maybe the Clippers, right? If we're if we're we're Kawhi saying George and, George and Leonard, yep. yeah, yeah. That, that, and that's I think why we all give the, the Clippers the best chance. Marcus, um, if they Marcus can, Morris yeah. as well as a role player is probably a pretty good two way player. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, but right, but I'm saying on a star level, right? Like yeah, he's the not two, a star. The two stars on each team, and that's why Brooklyn is interesting this year. Like Harden, when he doesn't have to carry the full offensive load, he can give you a lot more on defense. Kyrie can at least try. He's not going to impact the basketball too much because of his size. But Durant can play both ends too. And so, like, yeah. I thought Brooklyn, Brooklyn to me, was the favorite in the East even before the Harden trade, and that's just after watching Durant in the preseason. And I still think they're the favorite, and, and that's part of the reason why, right? Like, you you know, Philly and Milwaukee, they've got some two-way guys, but not to the same extent so it's just yeah. that's how basketball is and, and that's why the lakers are the favorites right i'm to- i'm totally in agreement with you by the way that the nets are the favorite in the east yeah no doubt yeah. medina's an idiot <laughs> um <laughs> so we have uh we have two more things hopefully you're good on time trudell it's a re we're gonna do a little redraft and then you're gonna do your quiz uh i, we, I think you're gonna like this one what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a look at the lakers talented draft picks from 2014 to 2017 and i'm gonna use the kind of obvious six players i'll list them and we're gonna kind of not do a draft, but we're going to rank all six in this order. The question is, if you have these six players in front of you, you're going to pick them based on this. Like, which player, if you're going to start a brand new team, are you going to, like, take first? Uh, so here are the six players. It's uh, it, it's not in any order. It's D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Lonzo Ball, and Jordan Clarkson. I would say those are the six best players. We're leaving out, what, Larry Nance and... Josh Hart. Josh Hart. Yeah, but we're not going to get to... Let's just get those six. Those are kind of... Zoo. I, Wait, so, so sorry, sorry. Russell, Randle, Ingram, Kuzma, Ball, and Clarkson? Correct. Exactly, yes. Okay. And so, and I, I would have take, I would have dropped Clarkson, but it looks like he's going to be the sixth man of the year. Uh, and Lonzo's just been, you know, particularly, you know, getting worse. And Roman and I used getting to defend Lonzo so much, but we'll see. Well, how, how is he what? getting worse? Well, okay, I'll get into it later. He's obviously not getting worse. Yeah. So anyway, so I don't know what the best way to do this. Like, I kind of just want to say, do should we just all rank those six? Like, I don't know yeah, if you have a paper in front of you. It's easy to keep track of. That's kind of how I wanted to do it. Yeah, just rank the six. Right. Who, who wants to go first? Let's let Trudell go first. You here? Right. No, you know what? I, look, Roman, you go. You go first. I am writing <laughs> the names down um, nice. on my list here, and then I will. Uh, I will. I will have your answer by the time you're done talking. All right. I get Roman. So, you want me to go? Because I take this no, very seriously. I, 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 I got it. So okay. I know. Uh, I know Trudell is going to disagree with me, and I kind of did this on purpose a little bit. But yeah. the, the number one uh, player on this list, I think, is fairly easy. It's Brandon Ingram. He's averaging twenty four. Five and five. I mean, I think he would have been an all-star in the East this year. Obviously, he's in the West. It's a little bit tougher. He was a borderline all-star, Chiz. And you don't know the definition of borderline all-star. But he was probably five <laughs> or six players away from being an all-star. Dennis Schroeder, 30 or 40 players away from being an all-star. That's the difference between a borderline all-star, Chiz. Okay, just rank right. them. We have six players, bro. Ingram is first. Julius Randle is an actual all-star this year. A little bit surprising, but 23-11-6, he's having a terrific season, and the Knicks are not nearly as bad as I think everyone thought they would be. My number three is Lonzo Ball. I don't (laughs) know why you think he's getting worse. He's averaging 14 points, 5-4, 40% from three. I bet you never thought that was going to happen, that he'd be shooting 40% from three. And for me, the, the reason I love Lonzo is when he's engaged, he impacts the game in so many different ways that you don't see on the stat sheet. He makes the outlet pass. He makes the extra pass. He's a terrific defender. He's long. He rebounds. He does every. He does all the little things. Yeah. He, the only thing for for me that that is 
sometimes frustrating is I just want to see him play harder because he's got all the talent and he doesn't he's too passive sometimes but I think he's a terrific player okay. uh, I would put Kuz at number four obviously the, the the numbers are down but his defense is better his rebounding is better he's a, a, a really good role player on the championship team Clarkson is having a great year like you said almost the sixth man uh, of the year potential and then uh, the last person is uh, Trudell's favorite player of all time, and that's D'Angelo Russell. Wow. Career, career record uh, for D'Angelo, <laughs> 112 and 225. 112 <laughs> wins, 225 losses. I so love that you went last with there. him. Got it. Uh, Chiz, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Honestly, I, I I just changed up my order, and I just would rather you uh, address. I I I'm I'm want to listen to yours if you don't mind. All right, so do do me a favor and just re- repeat again what the like what what the criteria for selection like, is, just to make sure. That uh, okay, I, I mean, I was thinking this. You know, you see, you're starting your own NBA franchise, and. Yeah. Every time you're gonna rank them, you're ranking them in order of like if you're gonna start a team. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So that's an important stipulation. I mean, yeah. All right. Because because for example, Kuzma has now he's just he's shown that he can embrace a role and 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 help a team win games, which a lot of these guys have really just not had the opportunity to do, other than Russell's time in Brooklyn. Um, but I, Roman, you might be surprised because I have I have watched Minnesota. Um, basically every game this year, and so I, I have some some thoughts on Russell that may surprise you. But wow. I so Ingram Ingram is Ingram is number one. Um, there's there's no question about it. He's 23. He's gotten incredibly better um, on offense. Uh, his his shot has come around, which is always something that was going to happen if you uh, if you listen to Jerry Stackhouse. I uh, interviewed him very early on. Grew up in the same hometown of Kinston, North Carolina, and said Ingram's always been a shooter. Give him a year or two in the NBA. He's got to get his strength. He's got to get adjusted. Like everybody was worrying if he could hit shots. Right, that is clearly not an issue. The next step for him is to become a better playmaker, uh, to know when Zion should have the ball and initiate, to know where he should go in those situations. But again, he's 23. That's coming. And also, he needs to get back to playing defense, which he's which he hasn't been doing since he's been focusing more on the offensive side. But yes, to, for total package, to me, it's clear um, that Ingram is number one. Number two, and this is why I asked for the stipulation, Chiz, I think you have to give Randall uh, the benefit of the doubt here just because of, of how much of a a burden that he can carry for a team. Now, the issue is going to be in a playoff series, right? Uh, are there certain weaknesses in his game that you can play on? Can he impact the game defensively, which we've now seen that Kuzma has been able to? Julius hasn't really done that, right? He, he plays this point-forward role. He's got the ball all the time. He's rebounding. He's all over the place. And I, like, I don't think he should be an all-star this year. I think that should have gone to either Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo. Or Chris uh, Middleton. Uh, Middleton too. Yeah, Middleton was on my team. Those three guys were on my team. So, but I I, I love Julius. I'm a little bit biased personally um, yeah. towards Julius. And so, but yeah, so I think he's two there. I had Kuzma actually ahead of Ball, and I I still like. Here's the issue, Roman. You're everything you said about Lonzo is is true. Like I love his game, but he's got such a weakness in the screen roll that he's going to end up having to just be a limited offensive player. He's basically be, he's basically a spot-up shooter on offense. Now, he can get you some stuff in transition there, but because he can't attack the rim, um, he doesn't have the mid-range kind of floater, pull-up, whatever game, and he's just he's just not going to uh, make the defense wary there. Uh, that, to me, is, is a very important limitation, 
And, you know, Kuzma can, you can give him the ball and give him a bigger role and he'll go get you 20. Um, he can attack an offense that way and he's going to play defense. And now he's rebounding. Like he's really come far enough to me where I give him the slight edge over Lonzo because I worry about that kind of key limitation for Lonzo's game. Lonzo, like Lonzo is, is, could be a great complimentary player. Um, Kuz, I think, can fluctuate still a little bit. Then I would go Russell. Uh, and uh, look, so Clarkson... Clarkson's been really good in Quince. That's I give Quinn Snyder some credit. I give Jordan some credit. He is a okay. Jordan, go score. You can shoot whenever you want as long as it's from three or at the rim. And and he's like, okay, great. That's all I have to do. And he does that well. But he doesn't really give you that much defensively. Uh, and he's he's just a, he's a, I think he's a bit limited in a playoff series when you can when you can put size on him and just make him take tough shots. Russell has gone down several pegs. Uh, like so, he to me the reason that I was high on him when he was in LA is because he was 19 and he had all of this ridiculous burden and expectation on him of saving the franchise and becoming the, like it just so the way that he got analyzed was not fair to what the production was for him on the court. Then he goes to Brooklyn and he exceeds everybody's expectations and now it's like okay cool like I, it seems like I was right about D'Angelo. He was in a good situation there. He didn't have to really carry. Uh, the burden of the offense because he had Dinwiddie, he had Levert. Uh, what he's really good at is getting off tough shots in tight situations in games um, and hitting them with confidence. And then he can also make plays off of that. Uh, so he's not going to give you a lot on defense. But that was if he's in a role like that on a good team, um, then he's a real plus player. He's, he's a positive player, which we saw in Brooklyn. But when he's asked to do more um, as a leader, um, it, it just has not worked out, right, in Minnesota. So I think you have yeah. to dock him for that. You have to put him below Ball. You have to put him below Kuzma and Randall as well. So that's my list. Ingram, Randall, Kuzma, Ball, Russell, Clarkson. Clarkson's okay. last, yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, those are all great points. I actually i am surprised yeah. that Russell was yeah. at five there for you. So, yeah, you know what? I, 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 I agree. I remember Trudell loving Randall. This is really tough. It's like I wrote mine down again. I... I I I honestly haven't watched much Russell, and I have always not. I can't stand Russell. I hate his annoying, chill attitude and style on court. But the name of the game is scoring, and he can put the ball in the basket, and it's like a guard league. So anyway, Ingram is the obvious number one. Um, I am actually. I think I'm the only one that's gonna do this because I think uh, Trudell did Randall third. I'm gonna go Randall second. Randall, you no, said I had Randall second. second. We all yeah. have Randall oh, you did. second. Oh, oh, my bad. Oh, okay, my bad. So I have Randall second. He, so I have Randall second. He used to bug me because he was so out of control. It seemed like, but now the jumper's falling, and he kind of looks like a almost like a, a weaker version of Zion. But the key is, is he just those shoulders into the chest? Like he has a physical, energetic presence on the game. He can run the floor. I, I think like you feel that physicality and you know he's not handling the ball a lot i know we're starting off the team with it but i like that impact so i guess dude, we all dude, have bi than randall he's averaging right? six assists a game randall is yeah six um that's it's pretty impressive dude, honestly i don't even know mine's not that complete I, I have clarkson last two uh props to him all the things you said but to me he's just a score like i think those dudes you can just get you know you can pay for those dudes and get that six man who comes in and score so it really just leaves Kuz, Lonzo, and Russell in that 3-4-5. And I don't know, man. Like, if it's the starting the team, I, I if Roman knows that I've been so high on Kuzma, like, playing that role like we just said. And I have a follow-up with Trudell after this. So 
because it's starting a team and I can't stand it when Kuzma tries to break down his defender off the dribble because he cannot dribble by anyone. And when he does a jump off the dribble, I don't think it's going in. I like it when it's just catch and shoot or catch and pump fake, go to the rim. I love his floaters, his mini hooks. He's got good touch off the glass. I just don't like him as far as carrying a team. So I'm going to put Kuz at five, even though I like him better than Russell, if that makes sense. So I don't know. I just have Russell and Lonzo at three, four. And I thought I had Russell, but I'm just looking and picturing his face right now. And I, just can't, <laughs> and I can't stand him. Although Lonzo is so embarrassingly bad, like Trudell said, as far as scoring. Like seeing LaMelo and then seeing him. Like, why well, that's not can't, his game. Scoring is I not know, his game. But why can't he just figure it out? Like, dude, get more dude, creative. Like, he's still young, he... dude. He's gonna. It's gonna happen. Like I know. What I'm saying is, yeah, Lonzo's a good buy. Lonzo's a good buy low right now. Yeah, it's that. a good call. What? It, but the point is, I used to, Roman. You know this. Like we would defend Lonzo so badly. We defended Lonzo so poorly that even Roman to this day and Geeter will crush him for it. Roman, like until like recently, wanted Lonzo over Devin Booker. No. <laughs> first of all, the question was Donovan Mitchell. Oh, Donovan or Mitchell. Lonzo. Donovan Mitchell. Why? Okay. So anyway, that was a fun little ranking. So I'm gonna well, I'm, do. I'm I'm lower Roman. I'm lower on Mitchell than than some, but you know I'd have yeah. lower Lonzo. Yes, listen. Yes, uh, at this at this sure. point, I agree. And my my point originally was that I thought Lonzo would become a better player than Donovan, for one of the reasons that Chiz was talking about with Jordan Clarkson is that to me Donovan was essentially only a scorer. And I still kind of think that's the case. He's just such, he's become such an elite scorer no, and, right. a leader, and, a, Dude, and the leader of one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, you don't yes, have to defend. I, I've, I've, I've given up on the idea that Lonzo is going to become better. But that was my reasoning at the time. Because Lonzo can do so many different things to help your team. And that Donovan was essentially just a scorer. But Donovan's such a great leader as well. That yeah, I, yeah I, I'm I'm over that idea that Lonzo is going to become better. I still think Lonzo is going to be a really good player. And like, let's just remember, like Lonzo's what 23 years old. Yeah, like it's, yeah, but the, yeah, the, the, you don't have to you don't have to be you don't have to apologize for being high on Lonzo. I mean, like he. So the reason why we thought he was going to be able to succeed there too is because he's six six with hops. Like it's not like he should be able yes. to finish at the basket in traffic. It's just he's got the mindset that he's had and he's evolved in the way that he plays. Right, his his just it's this simple team first, like give up the ball, and you have to you have to have a little bit more of the attack dog um, towards the rim. And I'm not again since he's 23, I'm not giving up that that can become a bigger part of his game. And he's still yeah. really good without having it. So yeah, it, but that's that's the difference, Roman. You don't have to apologize. Like that was there's a reason why he went number two. Yeah, yeah, that's All right, interesting. Just- we're 50 minutes in with Trudell. Okay. Let's, let's do the quiz. Sorry, Trudell, we're almost done. We love you. Thanks for spending time. You ready hey, for first your of quiz? All, I, first of all, you don't have to apologize. You guys, for all of the work that you guys did, uh, and did you know, to, to make other people look good on television by by doing <laughs> prep like this, you can keep me as long as you want. All right. So this Thanks, is a Trudell. Quiz. That means a lot. Yeah, we love you. That does mean a lot. So this is a quiz. Um, it, it, this, is, this is the quiz. I'm going to give you a random former Laker. And you are going to tell me two things for each player. One is what college did they play in? And two, what jersey number did they wear when they played on the Lakers? So I'm going to give you seven players. So there's 14 responses. Roman went 12 for 14. He's obviously really good at the school stuff. Uh, so here we go. Are you ready? Yeah, I I, uh, I am already going to tell you that the numbers thing is not is not going to uh, go great. But we'll see. Oh, um, wow. Because Roman I don't didn't, watch Ro- college Ro- basketball. Roman thought I, you were I, gonna... I'm, Yeah. 
Roman thought you were going to struggle on the school stuff. So wow, you might go. I made okay. to. I made to because Roman knows that I. I have uh, zero. I cannot. I cannot force myself to watch college basketball. Dude, so. me too. Um, me too. I, I, I always. I always dog on Roman for college basketball. I'm currently. Out. I'm currently watching the Arizona Washington game, even though I know that Arizona can't make the NCAA tournament because of the self-imposed sanctions. But I'm still currently yeah. watching it and listening and doing the. I mean, look. In, in his defense. In his defense, college basketball did used to be good in the '90s. So. You know, oh, I, like, told, I totally I disagree with that. I think it's yeah. actually gotten better. So. Oh, oh my gosh. okay. Are you not ta- not, not talent, not talent wise, but oh. in terms in terms of in, in terms the, of passing the ball around the perimeter for thirty seconds. Thank you. That's got to say, all yeah. is dribble oh, handoffs. That part pointers. has gotten better because the shot clock is now at thirty instead of thirty-five. So Dude. the game is actually <laughs> even sped up. Thank you. It's just dribble handoff, shooting threes, out oh, of control brutal. charges. It's just unbelievable. Okay, here we go for the quiz. Here Question we go. number one: Shannon Brown. What school did he go to? What number did he play? What number did he wear? Well, okay, so that's obviously Michigan State. Um, yeah. And then for the number, oh, give me a second. Here. Oh man, well, give me a second. I'm just gonna Google him really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Shannon Brown, number three? No, number three? It's no. not. Okay. It's number wrong. It's okay. number twelve. Oh, number twelve. Okay. There so you go. Okay. One for two. Ra- Ramon Sessions. Uh, Sessions was number seven. Correct. And did he go to Nevada? Correct. Correct. Three for four. Three for four. Okay. Vaughn Wafer. Vaughn Wafer. Um, goodness. So this is before my time. First of all, um, it's a good point. Vaughn Wafer. Went to Florida State. Yes. Number. Oh man, I have no. I I don't remember what number. I mean, you might as well just throw one out. It could be fun. Von Wafer, number ten. Twenty-three. Okay. Twenty-three. Uh, what? No, I'm just saying. How dare you? You can't take twenty-three oh, oh, yeah, if you're just yeah. a random player. <laughs> the, the two the two Lakers I remember wearing twenty-three are Von Wafer and Reggie Jordan. That's hilarious. Uh, okay, Travis Knight. So Travis Knight went to UConn. Yes. And, man, so here, here's the thing with numbers. They used to matter before we had calculators on our phones. But, um, okay. <laughs> um, Travis Knight, what number was he? Number 73. I don't know. <laughs> so, Rodman? Rodman. I he wrote, he no wore idea. number He wore number 40. Number forty. Uh, okay, great. Chris, okay. Kay- Chanel's, Chris- doing, Chanel's doing better than I thought. I just want to. I want to say. Chris Kamen. Chris Kamen. Okay, so man, it's a random Michigan school. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm, I'm calling upon my like game prep. I I so I'm gonna say Central Michigan. Correct. Very and. Good. See, Roman, the, the thing with the colleges, though, as much as I don't watch college basketball, I have to, like, look at these the rosters constantly. Right, so yeah. Least, yeah. We talk about um, it all the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but in terms of what number was he, again, yes. like, numbers, uh, man, number, th- number th- 13? I, I, no idea. Nine, Whoa. nine. It's thir- a random. 13's thir- okay. retired. Oh, thank cool. you. That's great. Yeah, Will. Shout out to Will. Will. Good yeah, call. But I, I, in, in your defense, I missed He didn't get that well. one, yeah. I missed uh, that one too. Two more. Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw. College. Oh, Santa Barbara. Yeah. He, he has some good He has some good Santa Barbara stories, uh, by the way. To ask him about, like, going to... Uh, well, you know what? I can't tell this one on the podcast. <laughs> <I'll> tell, uh, <laughs> it's all right. We, we've all been to UCSB. We, we know. Uh, yeah. We know so, yeah, 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 yeah. You got to um, get this then, number. Come on. B-Shaw, was he 20? 
Yes, very good. Okay. Very good. Okay. Good comeback. Okay, last one, Isaiah Ryder. Wait, how many does Stradell have? Uh, how many did he get correct? He's already he... missed four, so if he, he okay. the most best he can do is ten. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, look, I, I think I, I think I've gotten all the colleges right, right? You have, um, yeah, you yeah. Have. So, the, so okay, the numbers, uh, as I said, no idea. Um, all right, Jr. Ryder. So he went to UNL, UNLV. Yes, yes, correct. And was he thirty? Okay, no, he wasn't thirty-four with the Lakers. I can right, tell you that. Blazers. Um, yeah. he, I, I, because I think he was he was thirty-four with the Wolves. I, I do. I yes, do he was. Yeah, I think you're right from childhood. Yeah, because. Uh man, what number is Jr. Ryder? Yeah, this like I have a one in nine, a one in ninety nine chance here. Um, <laughs> on all of these, let's like, th- how about thirty one? I mean, that's good. You're thinking like get close to his last one. He's number seven for the Lakers. <laughs> oh, number seven. Okay, pretty I, good. I, I, I Roman, say, you're I'm, Roman. I'm you're impressed. just really good. You're just really good at this. I'm, I, I, I'm impressed that Trudell got all the colleges because I know he's not a big college basketball guy. So I actually think he he did better. Than I than I thought. The, the numbers for me are, are pretty hard too. Remembering the, some of the random ones. Every but... time I've done this, I've given the quiz to Roman versus the guest, and I'm not trying to pump myself up because I wanted to give it to you guys because you're good at this and Roman, you're good at colleges. I promise you, I knew everyone's number before I looked it up on Basketball Reference. I'm really weird with the numbers for some reason. I'm really good with the numbers. Okay, maybe we'll give you the quiz next time. Okay, we're probably going to say goodbye, but I have one question for Terrell because we were talking about Kuzma, and Roman and I kind of got an argument about, like, player comparisons, and we kind of love player comparisons. And I threw out this player for Kuzma that, no, it's good, shut up. I think this one player is, I think Kuzma's starting to play a little more like this player, and I think he should model his game after him, and that is Sean Marion. And Roman completely SHIT'd on it, and he's like, it's more Robert Ori. If you had to guess, if you had to pick one player that he should play like or is more like, would it be Ori or Marion for you, the way he's playing this year? No, nah, he's got to be. He's got to be a little bit closer to Ori. Uh, so what? the the issue the, the issue with Marion is that Marion had just absolutely no touch or offensive feel or like a, like w- with the shooting right. Like he his hand he was a he was a ridiculously amazing athlete. And he Kuz had a floater. Is not, he had a floater. Uh, okay, he, again, a, a floater is sort of like a, a shot that a ridiculously talented athlete can get off <laughs> right. uh, r- while going to the basket because he has such a, a physical advantage in creating space. Ori had some of the, you know, Ori could put the ball on the floor. He could do a little fadeaway. You know, he certainly had the three-point range. He could finish at the basket. Yeah, Ori, Ori is a better comp for Kuz. And also just defensively, you know, Marion is, is a step up. Uh, in that sense, then Kuz and you know again you you guys so look you guys watched I'm gonna defer to you on Ori right that was your era okay I I didn't really start watching the Lakers um aside from watching national right NBA um up until the point of of 2008 so I'll defer to you on Bob other than the kind of the throwback games that I've watched yeah. but no I, I would I would I, I gotta go with Roman on that one. All right, I get I get the yeah, shooting that, part. I just, it's more about it's, it's, it's no, more it's like, about no, you. no. The athleticism part is the key. I totally agree with Trudeau. Kuzma's playing like an athlete now. He's doing chase down blocks. Dude, He's getting tips. Marion was like an elite athlete. He was one of the, like the best athletes in the in the NBA during his time. That's not what Kuzma's game is. All right, I'm yeah. just seeing a shift in his game, and I'm seeing more energy, hustle, and yes. like those things not on the stat sheet. They're like, I think that was kind of Marion. Yeah, it's it's good. To, no, it's good. To, it's a it's a good it's a it's a good like it's a good thing to throw out to to make your point that right. he is right. So you're using you're using a more extreme example to make a point that Kuz is showing some more of that role player right, athleticism right. stuff as opposed to the guy that just wants to cross over and fade and, 
you know, it's like I, I was listening to um, Brian Scalabrini on, on a podcast the other day, and he was talking about how like Tatum and Brown are still at the point where they're trying to get the ball and put it on the floor and, you know, and make a dribble move and show that they can do the fadeaway instead of just making the simple direct plays. And like right. that's the stuff that Kuz has started to evolve in. It's why I, I thought about even putting him as high as number two on that list because like that's the one thing that Kuz has had the benefit of by staying with the Lakers, by staying with LeBron, is that he's learned about winning basketball. And yes. the rest of those young Laker players are still learning that, right? And and that's that's a big thing. Like it, it's it's a lot. Um, once you once you really learn that, that can that can give you a 15 year NBA career instead of a nine year career. Right. Force yeah, to play a role. Great points. Longest podcast episode yet. Are you proud or what, Trudell? Hey, it was, look, I, I'm going to say it again, okay? The difference between really good podcasts or really good anything on air, it, a lot of times, it, assuming that you have the the, provide the, uh, the the right talent, is the prep and the thought that goes into it. And that's why two producers like you guys are going to have an edge um, over people. Now, what you got to do is you have to sustain that through 100 episodes, th- through 200, when it's like, wait, how much do I really want to put into these would you rather questions? <laughs> we love you, dog. Thanks, Trudell. Thanks for joining us. This was fun. This is the LA Hoops Pod, the spot for both of LA's basketball teams. Check us out on the Hoop Heads feed, find and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast apps, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LA Hoops Pod. <laughs>